Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Buck. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. Hi, so who are you and what do you do? Hi Erin, um, I'm Lisa Talbot and I am an award-winning personal stylist. Um, I've been in the business now for 17 years, which is quite a long time when you say it, isn't it? It is. It must be that you really obviously stay in, I mean, many people stay in their careers for long periods of time, but um, 17 years in the whole fashion industry, you must really like your job. Yeah, do you know what? I love I love my job, I think, because it is ever-changing. Because if you think about the seasons and the fashions and the trends and, and also, you know, how some of the technologies evolved and how the we've had new retailers, we've had new online retailers, we've had closures of retailers. It is like an ever-changing landscape. And, you know, in, interestingly, my my own family life landscape has changed, obviously, as my children have got older. So, yeah, it, it I do. I absolutely love what I do, which is probably why I'm still doing it. So do, have you always been into fashion? I mean, give us some insight into your background, you know, starting from about school time, school age. I mean, what was your path that led you to starting Lisa Talbot? <laughs> so in, interestingly, I, I've always loved clothes. So I've always loved clothes. I've always loved fashion. Um, and I've always loved people. And I think that they married together really beautifully. But when I was 16, um, I first went to work, actually, in a real local hairdresser's. Um, and where I lived was in the middle of nowhere. So it was like, you know, the post office, the newsagent and the hairdressers. That was it. Um, and I used to work there from like nine o'clock till uh, 12 o'clock in the morning. I used to get six pound a morning. And I loved it because it was very much that whole blue rinse brigade but they were lovely right because <laughs> you could sit you could have a chat with them you could find out more about their life story you found out about their family it was lovely so I was in my element from that point of view from the people point and that's probably where if I look back now I've always loved being around people of all types and you know all kind of ages and genres and, and all that type of thing um but with my six pound um a week I used to either save it but invariably every single Saturday afternoon I would go to the local town I used to say to my mum and dad can you drop me off um, and I used to wander the shops and you know I used to see what was in what styles were in I tried things on I didn't necessarily buy things because obviously six pound was not a lot of money um but I used to gain like inspiration but there was also one boutique and funny enough it was called Mango and it's not the mango retailer we know now in Maidenhead it was the smallest boutique but it was all individual items and I think that's where my passion came for the fact of doing things to suit yourself you know there were clothes in there that other people potentially wouldn't wear but I loved and then there was another shop that used to sit on a corner actually in in Maidenhead where I live 
And again, she had one-off pieces and some real designer brands. And I used to save to go and buy one of those pieces. And I can still remember now, you know, that feeling of buying something that you go, oh, I love it. And it suits me mm. and it's very me. So, yeah, it, it goes right the way back to, you know, when I was a teenager. So even back then, you were supporting small businesses and individuals that's where your heart lived you know you went to those shops over the other ones first yeah yeah because they were different but I I love that mixture so I would you know mm. at the time there was a huge top shop in there there was a big new look but then there was these two independents that just did things a little bit different and for me I love things that are a little bit different I don't necessarily feel that I wanted to look like everybody else you know I think some people can be stereotyped. It's, you know, certain people should look like this. And that's where, for me, as a stylist, we are all individuals and we should all allow ourselves to be true to who we are and, you know, that word authentic. But we should wear what makes us feel good and not really comply to what other people think we should look like. Yeah, I mean, that's what I liked when we first met. You, Your message was always that it should make you feel good. Um, and I'm not one for following uh, trends, as you know. So that really made me warm to you about how it was about the individual. Now, we met in 2020 at the start of the COVID pandemic. So how did the pandemic affect your business? Because obviously you couldn't be with people anymore to be able to do your business. How did you adapt? What did you do? <laughs> took a very large shop and take a breath initially um <laughs> because yeah I you know very much was a face-to-face business and I had a little bit of stuff online but not not really really I mean if I look at it now not really um so I did I and I have to say I did sit with it for about a week thinking oh what am I going to do because you know you suddenly go into this big black hole didn't you or well, loads mm-hmm. of us did because we didn't know how long it was going to be for we didn't know the impact we didn't know how but in my kind of inevitable style I thought right I have worked so hard for this business so you're probably talking about 14 years I thought no one is taking this away from me not a chance because it was my income you know it was what I love doing and also it was the fact that I had this wonderful client base. So initially, I did those things like so many people did. So I set up a Facebook group called The Pocket Stylist, which was basically just somewhere for everyone to gather and talk about style and fashion. And again, then it started to think about, hang on a minute, what are these people going to do with their wardrobes? A, they have more time. Let's give them things to do within their wardrobe. Let's see what we can do. So I rang challenges, I rang everything, but everything always had a goal at the end of it of either selling a package, selling something else. So there was always a goal in mind. So I was not only helping, but I was still supporting as well. And also it kept my business ticking over. But then I took on a platform called um, The Online Wardrobe, which is basically where you can manage the whole of your wardrobe via an app and also on your desktop. But you can, I can also go and create outfits and I can also go online shopping. This was a complete game changer for me from during the pandemic and also coming out of it. So I, you know, I took it on when... Um, I mean, that's quite innovative, isn't it, really, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the platform having a um, business that's not digital to suddenly becoming an yeah, yeah. app 
that and, you can have access to and everything. Yeah, and the platform, it is an American platform, but basically the way it was set up, I had to just work out how I could use it to suit my customer base. So I, mm. I looked at it and thought, right, I could do this, we could do this, I can do this. So, so yeah, it, it was that we took it on and then I created consultations based around the platform. And it's really interesting because now, so we are obviously 2023, um, the platform's probably got about 300 clients on there now um, who all manage their wardrobe via the app. I go in, I create outfits. It's now been embedded as an element within other consultations. Um, and, and ladies absolutely love it because I've got clients now, um, oh my goodness, Geneva, Scotland, uh, I've got one lady in Kazakhstan. Wow. So they, I, it's really, really evolved. But I, I went into the pandemic in one state and as a business, I came out actually stronger. Yeah, you came out sort of like the you were using one channel and by doing the app and some other things that you brought along that I'm going to mention in a minute, um, you sort of became a hybrid. Um, so are you still a hybrid? You're still digital and in person? Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. And and for me, the in-person, I absolutely love. but And that works for clients that either want to come to me or... Um, are more local to me you know are in a an easier traveling distance the ladies mm. that love the kind of online side where they have only the, the digital side are those who are based not near me so they're in Scotland they're in Manchester they're in Liverpool um, you know they're down in um, Cornwall you're gonna have to change your name you're gonna have to be global personal assistant <laughs> um, yeah it, it's interesting isn't it um and, and But what's so lovely is now each client now gets the online wardrobe as part of a consultation. So it's enabled me to extend my offering to everybody, which I think is, is amazing, not only for, for me, but it's also amazing for them because the client, again, gets more value from the consultations that I offer now. Yeah, I mean, some people don't even... I mean, I know we all go out, but there's some reasons that sometimes people can't get out. So I love the idea of the personal, the pocket stylist, the wardrobe capsule and everything, because it's it makes personal styling accessible to people that can't obviously get out and about um, that, you know, taking it from a like a disabled kind of way, because obviously that's my history, is that I love the fact that it doesn't discount. It doesn't discount the people that maybe can't get out there um, for whatever reason, disability, disorder, condition. They can still access it like online, but it's still being dealt with by a human being. So even though it's digital, it's still in person to an extent because it's still you helping these people. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The other thing that. I was going to say, the other thing I remember that you brought out was you taught me about different um, shapes. So tell tell people about that. Oh, so, yeah. So we, we launched the um, body shape guides. So the, you know, I work with the body shapes. I think they are a great thing to do. Um, they can be 
as flexible as with them as much as you want. They can be as rigid as you want um, or as a client's personality feels. So, so yeah, we launched, We I had them literally created um, and now they are like little eBooks that um, are available to buy separately. So you can work out your body shape um, through my website and then you can buy the eBook as well. Um, and it, it shows you literally every neckline, sleeve, top, jacket everything you can physically wear to suit your shape so yeah that came out of um, lockdown as well I was busy in lockdown you were you were I mean obviously you and I met through clubhouse uh those are the days you don't hear that very much these days um and we learned to because I'd never done networking before I don't know about you whether you'd done networking in the 14 years um yeah it, I did say so, well I'd never heard of it so I, I went to Clubhouse just to talk to people and then realised what this networking malarkey was. And the bonus was that I met you and you taught me about, I mean, I had an idea about body shape, but when your background's not been in fashion and I don't have a, a, a great relationship with clothing. For me, it's all about uh, baggy, comfy, cover myself up kind of clothing, or it was. And then we got talking and um, you taught me about body shapes. So I actually own um, the body shape for me. Um, and it is, as Lisa said, it's full of stuff that I had never realised to do with necklines and everything. So to recap, people can, you still do the in-person styling and personal shopping They've got, you've still got the wardrobe capsule that you still help people online that you do. You've still got the, the books. Um, when do you relax? Does that, does that happen? <laughs> um, badly. I think that's, um, <laughs> that is, and I can only be really honest, badly. And it's probably, you know, detrimental to me sometimes. Um, if I'm 100% honest, I think it's, I'm better. I'm way, way better than um, I used to be. And I have to say, I think lockdown did send a lot of business owners, especially especially solo business owners, into a bit of a panic and into a little bit of a hamster wheel of we've got to keep going, we've got to keep going, we've got to keep going. And I think it's almost, if I'm, if I'm 100% honest, I think it's probably taken some of us probably about a year year and a half to step off the hamster wheel because you know what it's like Karen, doesn't it if you've always done it you feel that you've got to keep doing it because just in case just in case and because we know, all have that catastrophizing kind of thought yeah. don't we? That if I don't post this amount of time then I'm going to lose clients which is obviously it's not true but you're right in that um in COVID we sort of people call it like like a, a hustle mentality yeah I think um where you're right you feel like you've just got to keep going because if you don't do this then this won't happen and you're right when you say it's took us about a year I was saying to people that probably last year and maybe a bit before people started coming out more like with the in-person networking with uh social occasions and I feel like it's took me a good 12 months after then for me to finally become comfortable with the idea so I now go out socially much better I haven't made it to an in-person networking yet but it's a goal I will get there eventually uh, oh no I have I have I tell a lie I went to Birmingham that was my first one this year 
it exhausted me but I did it um but it's not very frequent but it is something that I have to do more of um but I'm like you I I think that there's room for a hybrid kind of business where you can do in-person networking but there's nothing wrong with doing the virtual side and as we learned when COVID came in for all those businesses that didn't do anything digitally that it's good to keep up with it because we don't know what's around the corner it could be that you have to fall back on your your digital presence again so having them both is a is a blooming good idea so after the pandemic sorry go on no I was just about to say to you and I think just picking up on what you said then I think what's really interesting is some ladies or gentlemen they prefer to do either digital or they prefer to do face-to-face and do you know what that's okay because if this is you know the opportunities are great and I think we now have the ability to network especially in a different way and actually make greater contacts because when it is virtual you can be speaking to somebody 200 miles away so it does from a business point of view open you up to more but there is nothing nicer than sitting down with a coffee and having a chat to somebody Hmm. face to face hi i initially began these interviews in march 2021 to coincide with international women's day Through my business, Busy Bee Virtual Assistant, I had been introduced to so many women who had diversified their careers, created their own businesses, and had become more successful in their own rights. My name is Erin, and I founded Busy Bee Virtual and Social Media Assistant Service in the beginning of the global pandemic, June 2020. I had recently had to change my career due to a disability, and I had to give up the idea of conventional working. So I sat and I made a list of what skill sets I had, And from that, Busy Bee was born. So how I help my clients is they have a friendly, dedicated and professional partner in their corner. That's the essence of what I wanted Busy Bee to be. I'm the perfect fit for you if you are a creative freelancer, small business or entrepreneur and you're getting overwhelmed by the myriad of tasks that you are facing daily. We've all been there, haven't we? Struggling with emails, customer service, website management and that social media upkeep. My service swoops in to take these tasks right out of your hands, allowing you to concentrate on what you truly love. If you'd like to work with me, head over to my website and press contact. Now let's continue. I do like, I have to say, I have always been a, I mean, I wouldn't have met quite a lot. Most of my, none of my clients are close by for me, and that, but my business is a digital business. Um, but I wouldn't have met you know, people down in Windsor or um, I had a, a client. I've had a client in America, and I've had a client in Spain. That would never have happened without digital. So, but you know me, I've always been a big advocate for for digital. But I do promise that I am going to get better at the in person networking. I just find a lot of pressure for the in person. But again, when you haven't got a great uh, love of clothes and self image, it sort of gets in the way. But that's where going back to what you originally said about clothes that make you feel good will help you in the whole networking uh, environment because you also offer services for like um, uh, I saw the other day I watched branding photography so do you advise people for like networking outfits and stuff can you help people gain the confidence to do the in-person networking with the way that they look absolutely and and I think you you said it so many times in that sentence there and you said the word feel and a lot of it is about 
if we feel good, right, in what we wear, and it doesn't matter if it's Primark, if it's Prada, it doesn't matter. If Because you never wear the label on the outside, right? So no one else knows mm-hmm. where you bought it, how much you paid for it. And to be honest, a lot of the time, nobody cares, right? It's so more, the, the person that matters is you. How do you feel in it? How much confidence does that give you? Um, and, and actually a quick story. I went to a networking meeting um, up in London a couple of weeks ago and they did like a pre-party kind of thing before this networking event. And someone said to me then, oh, can't wait to see what you're wearing as being a stylist. I cannot tell you how much pressure that put on me. I was thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to wear? Because they've set this expectation about what I would be wearing because of the job I do. And it's really interesting. And I sat there for a while and I thought, no, I am going to wear what I like, what makes me feel comfortable. I'm going up on the train. And also what gives me confidence. And so I did. And I wore a brightly coloured kind of two piece, very me, not necessarily anybody else. Um, But I walked through the train station. I felt good. I walked through Mayfair. I felt good. I walked in the room. I felt good. And you know what? That's what it's all about. So to answer your question, yes, I do help people with their networking because it, if you if you feel good in a dress, pair of trousers, great pair of shoes, you will walk in that room with this shoulders back, standing tall, with this real desire to be there because you feel good. And then everything else that that will support how you act in that uh, networking meeting. Uh, how is your business moving on then from um from COVID other than doing the in-person networking have you got any other plans in the pipeline coming up yeah so I do I have to say my business has kind of taken a little bit more of a different direction I do um as my business has grown and as obviously the years have gone past my client base has changed a little bit the way I focus has changed a little bit so I do do an awful lot of work now on personal branding and you know I support the the women entrepreneurs the women in business the female leaders basically making sure that they have a wardrobe that represents them and either their business brand or that their own personal brand so I've definitely gone more into that route as well I do support a lot of photographers and with their clients as well helping them you know make sure that their clients feel really comfortable in their clothes because photographers say to me sometimes the amount of people that say to them I can't wait for my shoot what do I wear and the photographers don't know that because Mm. that's not their job you know we all have our expertise that and that's what's so lovely um and yeah, I, th- I think that's where it's gone a little bit. I obviously I work a lot with my podcast, so the reach for that is has gained momentum. But I still work with my my independent clients. I absolutely love. Um, but I think I'm also going to do a little bit more maybe this end of this year, moving into next year with the corporate side and you know, again, branding and presentations. And I love talking. So I would love to do a little bit more presenting as well. But that is um, on the list for maybe next year. So obviously this this podcast is labelled Women in Business. I haven't got a hatred of, uh, uh, of men, but um, 
empowering women is a, is a big passion of mine and gender equality. So that is going to lead me to my next question. Have you ever encountered a situation and it can be either positive or negative because of your gender? No, I haven't. Um, I, if I think about my corporate career, I was incredibly lucky to be surrounded by great women leaders, I have to say, who pushed me, you know, as I went up the ladder in my corporate. I also had a couple of amazing male leaders who supported me. And interestingly, one of them was an amazing VP leader. I've actually since worked with his daughter, which is really interesting. So we kept in touch after um, I left corporate and he left that business and he went to a different business. And I've worked with his daughter, interestingly. Um, as a stylist, no, I think I'm very much kind of a person who runs my own lane. Um, I tend not to worry what other people are doing because I think that can get inside your head. And you know, mm. social media is a great thing. So we can see a lot of what people show, but we don't necessarily see the truth. So I think it's really interesting to just stick your head down and go in your own lane. So I suppose I don't get that kind of negative negativity around me because I don't surround myself by the people that potentially could, um, if that makes sense, Erin. No, no, it does. I mean, like I say, you're not on your own. The I've had uh, another person... Uh, that I've interviewed that has she said the same thing that she didn't have any negative she was always supported by the the males but I mean I was thinking this morning when I was thinking the, the question it's not just male or male oriented I've noticed quite a lot lately um on LinkedIn conversations about women having um an uh, impact negatively on other women because of their gender either they feel like they should be harder on people coming up to make them stronger or it's just very competitive now I luckily and I think I, I think otherwise you, you might have mentioned it but I think I've never really experienced that because when we went into COVID there was a lot of women that pivoted and changed their careers and it was like a massive community so I've always felt very positively about um women supporting women and I haven't I personally myself have never uh, had any negative gender in this career um I have a growing up from males but not in my career so I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing to show balance that there's some people that will have negative stories because of their gender but it shows that maybe if I did this podcast 30 years ago it would all be negative or majority yeah. negative whereas now there's a change that we've now got a good balance going on I think and it's a good it's good to see that it's good for, for you to you know highlight that there is positive uh you know input there's there's not always negative yeah. so um, I think it might depend on the industry you're in that might that might be a contributory factor because mm -hmm. um obviously I work for myself I am surrounded by myself and the people that I want to surround myself by. I think it potentially could be different um, if you worked in a corporate where there are peers and, you know, um, leaders and direct reports and things like that. That could be a different thing from a gender perspective. But from me personally, you know, listen, I've had the odd comment thrown at me, which to be honest, I either delete or I just brush aside. I don't take any notice of it. Um, nope, that's brilliant. To anybody, 
anybody that has decided to become a personal stylist uh, at whatever age, do you have any advice to them if they're just starting out? You know, that's really interesting you asked that question because I didn't know you were going to ask that question. Um, but but what's really interesting is I'm just launching a mentorship programme um, for personal oh. stylists um, and it's, it's all ready to go. It literally is there because, and I'll tell you why I did it, Erin, because I had a lot of personal stylists who have just trained or they've been in the business a while and COVID threw the curveball at them and they didn't do anything like I did so their business is a little bit flat um and they were ringing me and saying look what would you do and how would you do this and I thought hang on a minute there is 17 years of knowledge in here how to keep in my brain that is how to keep a personal styling business running how to grow it how to adapt it how to change it um so I have created a mentorship program for new stylists and also those that need to give their business a bit of a boost um and I think what I would say to all of them is if, if I had to give one piece of advice would be stay in your own lane do not worry about what other people are doing um don't think of any other stylist or image consultant as a competitor uh, see whether potentially they are a collaborator but whatever you do do not worry about them just have a plan in your head and what you want to achieve what is realistic for you who you want to serve and don't worry that you know joe bloggs might be doing it or sarah smith might be doing it just get your head down and just go for doing what suits you brilliant so before we finish just about the mentorship so is it a course or is it one-to-ones yeah it's a one-to-one it's a six-week one-to-one um program where you can work with me and there are six um six kind of topics so it says you know identifying your ideal client creating content pricing um You've got me on the hop now, Erin. I can't remember what else is in it. No, no, that, but no, there no. Is six you don't want to be telling of, everybody anywhere. Yeah, but there's six weeks of things like that in it. Um, so it's an hour a week for six weeks that they can work with me uh, where I will support them in exactly that, either growing their business or also um, supporting them to give it a bit of a kick up the arse, as they say. So thank you for sparing your time and coming to talk to me today. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me, Erin. No problems. Anytime. All right, you take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.